0: Here's what makes LD special uh, when it comes to hypothetical scenarios, hypothetical questions, debates, stuff like that. LD knows his limits. LD might make some bold claims, but that's only when LD truly believes something. LD always knows, you know, what roles he fits into, which ones he doesn't. For instance, LD would be terrible, terrible at going off to war. Credit to the soldiers, credit to the troops, to the vets. LD's not built like that. He's a warrior. He's an anxious man. He he would not be able to stop running all sorts of scenarios through his mind, which I suppose might be a good thing, but uh, I wouldn't want to live that way, certainly. So yo yo yo, people, it's your man LD back at it again. And the reason why LD is talking about the troops, about going off to war right now, so we're doing a little war, World War Two talk, WW Two, if you will. I know that might see. wow, I sound a lot better today. That's pretty good. That, that makes me happy. But, you know, World War II, LD is not going for these, the, all this alliterations He's going to name this episode World War II Wednesday. Obviously, we're not talking about World War II every Wednesday. It just so happens that LD, who is a history buff in general, a, a talented historyman, uh, a man of, of history, if you will, Rhymes with the man of mystery, and that's what I was going for there. But I've got a great memory. I'm a natural storyteller. I like listening to stories. You know, growing up in school, Aldi thrived at history while sucking at math, science, because that's mostly math, as he ranted about the other day. But but here's what I'll tell you: I, I, uh, on top of being a big history guy, I'm I'm kind of on a World War II kick right now. Every so often, Oldie will find himself falling down certain rabbit holes on the internet through the Wikipedia's and whatnot, and also. I watched uh, Band of Brothers for the first time recently, which is funny because I'd seen the Pacific, its sequel series, when it was on air originally on HBO back in the day. Uh, but I never got around to watching Band of Brothers until now. And it's a great show, really holds up. World War II, World War II is just crazy, man. Just certainly an understatement. But, you know, I, I think the reason why World War II captures people's imaginations captures the fancy of the public is such a great story is it's because it's, it just is that it is such a three-act structure you know what I mean it's such a such like a tale built for Hollywood first off obviously not belittling any of the lives lost or, or, or any of the atrocities and things like that I think you know World War II that was mostly a 1938 to like uh, 45 type type thing I think we're Far enough removed that that we can talk kind of freely about it, and also, I, I know this is going to come out as a joke, but LD very anti-Nazi. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do a shtick here. It's just in today's day and age, there's a lot of weirdos out there. You know, you, you never know what opinions are being regularized, and and there are going to be certain points in this podcast when we're talking about certain things that LD is going to kind of be be giving the Nazis some some military credit for certain. Certain feats they pulled off—that was kind of insane if you really think about it. But obviously, the Nazis are the worst. You know, they—they they are the bad guys. Uh, They—they're they're the, the evil empire incarnate. But—but but worst, o- honestly, the evil empire from Star Wars—I don't think they were committing genocide as freely as the Nazis were. It's just crazy. So, so you know, we have these big bad guys made for Hollywood. And, and then think th- th- to kind of borrow from Star Wars again. Think about uh, the Empire Strikes Back, the second ever Star Wars movie, but Episode Five, that's considered like one of the greatest. That and Godfather Two, two greatest sequels ever. That's what everybody everybody has decided are the great sequels out there. And part of what makes World War II so fascinating is, or, I'm sorry, but but the reason why uh, Empire Strikes Back is so so beloved, because the bad guys win, you know, they, they blow, they blow the rebels out of Hoth. They, they freeze Han Solo and carbonite. Luke gets his arm chopped off. We find out Darth Vader's Luke's father, which, you know, really sounds menacing in terms of what Luke's going to do in the future, stuff like that. Similarly in World War II, you know, the Nazis, the Germany, they, they were rolling for a minute. They, they conquered France. They conquered you know they they captured Belgium, Poland. Uh, 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 they went through. They kind of like invaded Denmark, even though Denmark was working with them because they were worried that the the Allies were going to invade Denmark. That was a whole thing. But you know, like the Nazis, like like there was a mo- operation Barbo- Barbarossa. Barbossa, I'm not sure which. I think Barbarossa. It, it was the Nazis' big planned invasion of of. Russia. And we're going to get more to that later. Nazis, uh, the Germany, you know, I should really just keep calling them German. I don't know why I keep calling them the Nazis. I don't know. I don't know which is the the preferred nomenclature. But anyway, Germany rolled all the way to like within a couple miles of, of Moscow and Stalin literally was like, have it, have all of it, have all of, of the Balkan states, have all this part of Russia that you've conquered. Just give me Berlin and, or uh, Moscow and Siberia and you take the rest. Hitler was like, no, I want more, you know? So, so it, 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 the Germans almost conquered the world, you know? And then you've got the Japanese who lit like, like, that's another reason why I think people love World War II and why World War II makes such great movies and TV and stuff like that is there really is not a uh, much moral gray area. Obviously war is unfortunate, you know? And, and NLD, obviously he's not some sort of warmonger, he's, he's not, not... Not profiting off the war machine, but at the same time, it's not like I'm some specific, strictly peace and love '70s John Lennon hippie incarnate. But you know, war is unfortunate; people die. No one, no one wants war to be happening. But but obviously, in like World War II, there was a bad guy and there were good guys. And like, really, for the for the most concrete time in human history, like there is no debating that. You know, there like like. On top of the Holocaust, which is obviously the most inhumane uh, act in, in the history of the world, you know, Germany was just attacking and invading people for no reason. Like 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 on, on top of the the little, you know, world-famous genocide they pulled off. Which, fun fact, there was a big movie that came out a couple of years ago that was about the the first Nazi denier. And, and L.D. always had a great take on that movie, which was like, what is the... What exactly is the, the like uh, not the anxiety, but but you know what I mean? What's like the pressure, or the climax of this movie? Like we, we all know the Holocaust happened. There's no chance that the bad guys in this one are right, <laughs> you know. But but at the same time, that, it, that that's just what's so crazy. So basically, as everyone knows, kind of going through World War Two uh, in order here. Like like Germany was not happy with how World War One ended treaty of Versailles. They lost a bunch of stuff. They had to demilitarize their army, things of that nature. What World War II really boiled down to was that Germany wanted like just to take over the world, which is crazy. Like they had some fancy German term for it, but it was like room to live. That's what they wanted. And that's, what's really funny. And and you know what, let's just dive real quick, right into the whole Russia of it all. So, so at the beginning of a war, uh, uh to, to start World War II, and and if anyone at home who's listening to this is like a history major, uh, LD does not have notes in front of him. He's not looking these things up. This is all based on his memory. So if I, if I'm close, but but you know, I'm, I'm not making any claims that I don't know. But if my orders of operation here are off, cut me a break. All right, I'm not I'm not Bill Nye the History Guy. So, uh, but but Germany, they they kind of like invade Russia, or I'm sorry, not Russia, Austria. But but it isn't really an invasion because Austria kind of wanted to be with Germany. They 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 split Austria Germany from World War One, then they wanted the Sudetenland in in the, which kind of borders uh, the Czech Republic and is is the the beginning of the Czech Republic, which at that point had previously been Czechoslovakia. A lot of Germans lived in the Sudetenland, which I hold on. Am I Sudetenland? I always get the Sudetenland mixed up with. Uh, The hills. Yeah, that's the Sudan. Okay, yeah, no, we're we're right. The Sudetenland, you know, basically Germany wants it. not Neville Chamberlain, the prime minister of of England, is like, all right, as long as that's all you want, you can have that. Without even asking the Czech Republic. Czech Republic was actually well designed for a German invasion. The Sudetenland is all mountains. Czech Republic had all these awesome like military bases and like defense checkpoints and shit in the Sudetenland mountains. Then literally England, without, without the Czech Republic being down with it, just like, all right, you know, we've talked to Germany and this is all they want, so we're just going to give them this. There you go. And, and obviously, as soon as the, the most well-defended parts of the Czech Republic were in German hands, Germany just rolled on through and took on the rest. So then what happens is Germany makes a pact with Russia. So that they can both invade Poland. But this is what's interesting here is that, like I said, Germany, the whole thing about World War II is that they wanted room to live. They wanted, they wanted to have this big world Aryan Empire, right? And like Hitler is just ranting and raving about how he hates Jewish people and gypsies and 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 communists. And who do you think makes up the most of the population of Russia this giant area to live? Despite Hitler basically being like, man, my whole goal in life is to exterminate the Russian people and take all their land. Stalin's like, hey, this guy said we can have half of Poland. Let's buddy up with him. So they get buddy-buddy. And then Russia decides to invade Finland, which does not go too well. Like, like Russia had a giant advantage over the Finns. The Finns were fighting them back, kind of embarrassed Russia for a while. Eventually, Russia take uh, wins, get, gets a big chunk of Finland. Also, this isn't even really Russia. This is the USSR, obviously. This is the Soviet Union, all, all that. But at this point, everything's going good, you know, for, for, for the Soviet Union. Germany has invaded France, takes over France. They kind of expected England to just sort of like sue for peace. Not there long after, but England held out. Winston Churchill. Credit to that guy. He was giving great speeches about like Germany and the great evil and the fight for goodness, like that. Uh, England shipped off all the kids to the countryside. Shout out to the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe," ships all the kids out to the countryside to like live in farms where, where where they're not big targets. And and meanwhile, uh, London, all the cities are just getting the shit bombed out of them by Germany. England's refusing to give in. They're holding out hope. They they need America to get involved. But now that Russia is kind of in the stalemate over here on the, on the on the Western front, Hitler enacts his giant evil plot that he had this entire time—Operation Barbarossa—and he sends three million people, which I imagine have to imagine, if not outright think, was the largest land invasion in the history of the world at that time. Might still be honestly three million people all at once, and and. the the Germans were just making minced meat out of the Russia, both like literally and figuratively. Like, like not only were they making victories, but they were capturing slaughter. Not, not every Russian they slaughter, you know, I'm saying that you're doing both maybe at the same time separately as well, but like they were capturing people and they were killing people in, in mass. Like Russia was losing hundreds of thousands of people, but Two things happened at this point. Number one, the numbers game just add, it catches up to you know. At this point, Germany's outside of Russia, like or outside of Moscow, like I said earlier. They they've marched hundreds of of if not thousands of miles into Germany and taken tons of land, major cities, Minsk, things like that. You can't can't be losing Minsk. You lose Minsk, that's a big deal and then i'll say three things happened actually number one is hitler started going a little crazy well you know hitler was always crazy but but tactically like he kind of lost his cool he he got hard headed and and he just kind of wanted to win and win now cuz he expected to have won by now and he was getting very frustrated the reason why he was getting frustrated was because of points two and three two the numbers game was catching up to germany you know, they were kind of forcing some French and some other, you know, people from these captured nations into fighting for them. But at the same time, like, Germany can only have only so many citizens to fight the entire rest of the world, basically. We're getting to Italy in a minute, but they were no help. Everyone knows Italy was in the the axis for, for the majority of the war. Italy was not doing much of anything, successfully at least. So so the numbers game is catching up to Germany because as much as they are, like, like they are scoring hundreds uh, of thousands of, of points and dead bodies against the Russians, but the Russians just have more, like, Russia just has people. Say what you want about the Soviet Union and about, like, communism and all that shit. The Russians literally, you know, die for the motherland. Like, that that kind of saved the world to an extent, because Russians were just willing to die against Germany to, to stop the Nazis. Hitler and, and Stalin were in just a pissing contest to human lives, basically. And and part of the numbers game problem that ties into Hitler being kind of going crazy strategically, is like Hitler Hitler decided to go for these these oil fields down in the the Caucasus Mountains, but they like like then he decided to go for Stali- or, or then he decides to go for Stalingrad, which is the biggest bloodiest battle in human history. Then he goes back to the oil field, so he ends up losing out on everything. You know what I mean? Like the man couldn't make a decision anymore, nor could he really see anything through to the end. And then point three happened, and this is the major, major issue. This is basically this maybe saved the world. I mean, not the world, because I I, I never think that the Axis would have invaded America, the, the South America stuff like that. But at the same time, like the Russian winter saved Europe, bro. Like you, you've got no idea. The the oil inside of German tanks began freezing solid while the tanks were operating. Do you realize how insane that is? Think about driving your car, which isn't a tank. It's not nearly as insulated as a tank. And the oil freezes. I don't know what the freezing point of oil is, but it's got to be very low. And and, And the thing is, is that the Germans did not have summer or winter like equipment, winter clothes, cuz cuz the whole plan was to defeat them by like September at the latest. But the Russians just would not completely surrender. So so Hitler just kept going and going. And then once winter came, the fighting in general slowed down, which gave Russia a ton of time to build up their defenses. They brought in, they moved all their factories during the invasion west or east, I'm sorry, to get away from the German invasion. They built up a ton of tanks, these T-34s, which were big mamma that, that that were, you know, the, 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 not the Bismarck tanks. Well, what are the tanks that the Germans used during uh, World War II? Anyway, you know, the, the Blitzkrieg Johns. They, they were the famous, the Warmarks or some shit. The, the Warmark divisions. The Panzer tanks. There you go. The Panzers get all the hype, but the T-34s were bigger and badder and may have not been as quick. But when you're looking at defense, you know, speed isn't as important. So so they built in all all this defense, and then the Russians... They're bringing all these Siberian motherfuckers, and these guys—they just know how to fight in the cold. These guys can live and die in the cold. They—they—they they, they do not have a care in the world. Their idea of a sunny day at the beach is—is is minus twenty on an ice hockey rink in the middle of Saskatchewan, you know. And and suddenly Germany is losing on the on the eastern front to, to Russia, and is beginning to get pushed back. And I'll tell you this much, man. When you're trying to invade the world and you're getting pushed back, people are gonna start taking some liberties. They're gonna be killing people, you know? They're they're gonna be mad. And and what's funny is so what LD doesn't think gets enough talk is everybody knows about all these neutral countries, right? Switzerland, oh the Swiss banks, like oh the Swiss banks will do business with anyone. People actually like that's just normal. Screw that. If you like like if you're just doing that, that was a huge part of, of the problem uh during World War II is these Scandinavian countries like Denmark and Sweden and Switzerland were, were just like sh- selling iron ore to the Nazis, which they were using to prop up the German war machine and the tanks and all that. And and, and we're just supposed to sit there and act like that's not the same thing as being allies with the Nazis. No, nah, no, we're we're neutral. Hey, talk about blood money. <laughs> Like like sell your iron order somewhere else. Oh my God. You know, I, I know I said that that World War II Wednesday was not going to be a, a series, but I think this might be a two-parter because we're about to be at the 20-minute mark, which is about to be, or which is sort of what I was was aiming for for time-wise, uh for these is between 20 and 30 minutes. And I still have a lot of World War II stuff to talk about. You know, so I think I'm going to kind of wrap up with with this stuff because because this kind of plays in more to Europe, and and then maybe we'll get to D-Day stuff like that later. But here here's a fun fact that doesn't get talked enough about uh, in Nazi-occupied Europe. That's women, classic group the mistreated, catches the the raw end of the stick. You know, throughout history. So so you know, Nazi the Nazis occupy uh, France, for instance, for for what like four or five years, something like that. And obviously, yeah, that's a hell of a place to be living in. It's kind of an every man for himself scenario. But, you know, the rich people of, Fran- of, of Paris were just sucking up to the Nazis. You know, Oh, Nazis. Oh, Nazis. You know, I'm the rich guy in town. Like, I throw the best parties. I'm the guy you want to be in with. Believe me. You know, they're, they're fancy meals. I know it sounds like a French stereotype, but like literally... Like like the ultimate luxury in France at the time was like restaurant meals during the Nazi occupations. People would do anything to have a nice prepared cafe lunch, you know. But anyway, you know, on the other side of things in, in Nazi-occupied France, there's the resistance, la resistance, fighting the Nazis, you know, doing everything they can to, to resist the Nazis. So once The Allies, you know, free France, what happens is a lot of those resistance people look at a lot of the the sucker-uppers of the world, the the Paris elites, and saying, Hey, bozos, what happened? We could have used your help, your resources, your support during the occupation of Paris, but you guys were hanging out with the Nazis. Well, you want to know? What, a lot, what ended up happening is a lot of those people got kind of tarred, feathered, publicly humiliated, you know, shame, shame, Game of Thrones styled through the streets. But who got it the worst was women for two reasons. One, a lot of those men who kind of didn't do anything to help out the resistance started just throwing women under the bus to then seem like they were helping the resistance and finding the traitors. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that that woman, that, that, that woman over there, my neighbor, I, I saw her betting a Nazi like, ha ha, let's get her. Uh, but but that takes us to point number two, which is women in war times. Unfortunately, get raped quite often. You know, and even if we're not talking about tackled and held down to the ground, we're talking about French women, French prostitutes, all these things in Paris. You know, a Nazi comes up to her, brandishing a gun in his pocket. You know, hey, I, how about you have me over? Suddenly, those women were getting forced into sex against their will and enduring one horror of war. Then being called a traitor and being uh, trounced through the street and attacked by the the men of her country, whether those people were with the Nazis or not, on the other side of the war. It's a hell of a time to live in, and it's nice sometimes to see that things don't change all that often in this world, because women today be getting it from all sides as well. That's LD, General LD, Corporal LD, no stolen valor here, that's just a joke, but... Signing off here, we're going to do one more World War II Wednesday next week. Let me know what you think of these History Dive Storytime episodes. Peace out.